Have you ever wondered if you could make a difference? This podcast brings you inspirational people who are making a tremendous difference. We will also be talking to experts in the field of creating the mindset you need so that nothing holds you back from making your vision a reality right now. Welcome to the Game Changers Podcast. And now, here's your host, Michelle Dutro. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Game Changer Podcast. My name is Michelle Dutro. I am your host. And I will tell you what, I don't know that I have ever recited more nursery rhymes uh, as I have with Ms. Kelly Locatelli, who is my guest today, because we spent the last, I don't know, 45 minutes or so, quite a while, trying to figure out our sound issues which tells you uh, when you hear her story, there is nothing times nothing that is going to flap this gal after the life that she has had. So it, it wouldn't matter what we have gone through. I know that nothing is going to phase her. So truly, I am thrilled to have her here. This is super short notice because I thought it would be very cool to have back-to-back -back Mondays where you guys know, hopefully, that Rich Perry, who was in the fifth book of the... Um, it's called The Change Book. It's this whole series. She actually is an author in book number 11, telling her story that when you hear this, you're not, you're truly, I mean, it's when you think, wow, that's unbelievable. Like if they made her story into a lifetime movie, halfway through, you change a channel going, there's no way that that ever happened in someone's life. But in fact, it has. So here's what we're going to do. She is now a life coach, coaches and works with people in lots of different aspects of struggle, whether that's um, addiction in relationships, just personal growth, whatever it may be. We're going to get into that. But what's really cool and why I can't wait for her to share her story is that truly you can take whatever has happened to you and turn that into it happening for you, which is exactly what she has done. So Kelly, what we're going to do, we didn't prep for this at all outside of reciting Mary Had a Little Lamb 97 times. Um, but when we do start to go through the story, I, I'm going to stop you at every single hurdle that you've gone through rather than running through the whole thing straight, because every segment of the craziness that you've gone through, there's questions that, I, that I'm going to have for you. So that's how we're going to handle this, because it's a crazy story. So that said, uh, Kelly, before we do jump into what has gone on with you and the maybe why behind it, what should the folks know about you um, that we don't as it relates to kind of, you know, what you're doing now and, and who you are that I didn't touch on? Well, um, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for um, having me on the show. And um, yes, it was it was definitely short notice. And we did recite Mary Had a Little Lamb quite a few times. But um, having said that, uh, you know, my life, um, I guess what which, which you don't know about me is that I'm also in promotions and I've worked with some some high profile folks in my life. I've had some really great breaks as well as these breakthroughs that we're going to get into here in a minute. And, um, that is actually what has brought me to where I am today. Uh, I'm what I call a sort of a positive, uh, addict because, you know, a lot of the, everything is derived from addiction and, and in my life growing up as a child, always trying to deflect whatever was happening, um, I became sort of a positive addict. And no matter what happened, it was like, it's okay, we're going to get through it. It's okay, we're going to get through it. And um, that's really what has brought me to this place. It's, it's turning around and looking back, self-observing, what's the lesson? How can I be grateful? And how can I teach that and learn even further? So, you know, um, that's brought me to the place that I am today. I also do social media promotion for um, NFL and collegiate um, football players. 
it's really gained some um, momentum for me to, to be around such successful people and learn from them. I, I really pride myself on hanging around folks that are much smarter than I am so I can learn and apply that to my life. Well, as you can imagine, this is why I'm, you know, there's people that just somehow cross my path and I know automatically within an instant that we are incredibly aligned and I can't wait to bring their story to the forefront. So yeah, I get what you're saying and could not agree more. You truly are the sum of the people you surround yourself with. And I do the exact same thing. It's always my goal to be the dumbest person in the room. Then I know I'm in the right room, right? So that said, here's what's fascinating about your story is there's a lot of people that can turn their life around and realize the series of decisions that they've made were some really bad ones. And they learn to make, you know, better, smarter decisions as time goes on. Your story's not exactly that because these things that have happened to you weren't based on decisions that you made. They literally are a series of almost, you know, accidents. Now we have some things in pain meds we're going to get into, but as you're listening to what Kelly's saying, if you're somebody who says, well, you know, you can't imagine my life and the struggle I've had because these things really just happened to me. They're out of my control. A lot of what Kelly's getting ready to say is the same exact thing. So wherever you are, whatever you're going through, the reality is some things just show up on our doorstep and it's how we react to them or deal with them. And then other things really are the things we need to take ownership and responsibility for of saying, how did I allow this to happen? Because th some of these things were my choices. So that said, briefly take us to the first incident that you had that uh, started this sort of spiral in, in the trajectory of your life. Well, you know, Michelle, it's funny because um, when, when people ask me how did this start, you know, and, and in, in our world today, people always say, you know, oh, I was born this way and I was born that way. And for me, I truly was. I was born into this, this entire spiral, you know, up and down, whichever way you want people look at it, the way they're going. And one of the, one of the points that I really want to make clear is that, yes, I have had some, some very large events um, happen for me in my life. They, and you're right, they don't happen to me, they've happened for me. And I, what I'd like to make sure, the point that I get across is that no matter what you're going through, people who are listening, um, take take the lesson of what I've been through and know that it doesn't have to be this big for you to have an awakening. It can be anything. It can be, it can be something as small as, you know, there's a stain on my carpet versus what I've been through. So when I was born into the world, um, my mom had the Hong Kong flu and just, just a, a flu kind of weird, weird thing happened. She coughed, her placenta erupted and they took her in emergency delivery, no anesthesia, nothing. And, you know, basically C-sectioned her. She felt everything. All she heard was, Oh my God, look at all that blood. And they pulled me out. She, her mind as she tells me this story later in life, went somewhere else. She started seeing colors. You know, the, the shock, I believe, takes over and, and the power of the mind. So she didn't feel any pain. She was more worried about, you know, are we going to make it? Is my daughter going to make it? Is, 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 am I going to make it? And, and that's, that's really what kicked off my entire life. And that's why my chapter is called Life, What I Signed Up For, because I do believe that I agreed to that situation. I do believe that I agree that I'm going to come in here, you know, in a way that everyone's going to know, wow, this, this kid made it, this child made it. And my mom really identified me as, as a fighter. And she told me that throughout my life, you were born a fighter and you will continue to fight. 
regardless of the situation, you were bona fide or you were bona fide, and instilled that in my head. And, um, and it served me to a certain point where if you don't stop and look back and you realize that you're constantly fighting, you know, you're never really going to win anything because you're always in the fight. Always, always in the fight. And um, growing up, um, you know, I, I took that, that same lesson with me that I'm a fighter and you tell me no and watch how fast I will. You watch me do it. You know, I've, I've always had that, that attitude and that mindset. I never applied it until later in life. But that was really, I mean, the first situation or the first, um, I guess, uh, you know, breakthrough that I had was literally coming into the world. So knowing that, like I said, you've got quite this incredible, amazing story here that we're going to hear about. Some of them are, like I said, accidents without getting into, you know, a whole lot of detail. Um, you got into a weird fluke. Um, what, uh, what is it called when you're four-wheeling over the dunes? Yes, I, I, was, I was on a quad, a four-wheeler, and I had been on one um, one time other than this particular moment in my life. And... Um, <laughs> I was doing a little bit of showing off. All of our friends were there. It was New Year's Eve. And uh, I, was, I was going up and down the dunes in Pismo Beach. And uh, my husband, who was with me, uh, he started to go a little faster and was doing his, his uh, version of showing off. And I went down a dune, and I started going too fast. And I literally panicked. I hit the brakes. I hit the clutch. I hit the accelerator, and what that does is it locks up the front wheels. And it was like slow motion, Michelle. It was like um, I had degenerative, uh, degenerative, excuse me, disc disease already, so my back was already in bad shape. But I literally said out loud, please don't let it land on my back. Please don't let this land on my back. And sure enough, it didn't. It landed on my neck and my thorax, 600 pounds of this four-wheeler, uh, machine lands on my neck and my thorax and buries me into the into the sand. Um, a couple guys surrounded the bull. My husband came in, you know, adrenaline kicks in, picks up the the quad, throws it off, and I'm buried into the sand. And and the funny thing about all this is is that I I popped right up. I jumped up. Um, I was more angry than I was concerned because I thought, oh my god, I just ruined everyone's weekend. Um, for New Year's Eve, I just ruined everyone's weekend, and we can't let this happen. So um, we went back to camp, and I didn't go seek medical attention. Um, I didn't go to the doctor. I didn't go to the hospital. Everyone tried to get me to do that, but I didn't because I didn't feel, you know, like anything was wrong. I didn't know what was wrong, and I, I felt okay. I just knew that I was going to have some bruises and bumps, and that would be okay. And it wasn't until 11 months later that the pain shooting down my arms and around my rhomboids was so extensive, I couldn't use my hands. I literally couldn't, couldn't move them um, about 11 months later. And that's when I finally went to the doctor and found out that I had broke two vertebrae in my neck. So I know the uh, the story goes on to uh, which I'm sure plenty of people can either relate to or know somebody in this position where now you are in severe pain. And then what ensues is being addicted to painkillers. You bet. Um, it, it's it's the textbook theory, you know, um, put a Band-Aid on it, put a Band-Aid on it, put a Band-Aid on it. And so, yes, I was prescribed morphine and uh, Vicodin and muscle relaxers. And, and then I went into surgery and I had three vertebrae replaced 
and uh, nuts and bolts. And, you know, people often say, oh, you got to screw loose and ha ha. Yeah, that's funny. Odds are I probably do. But they do throw the pain meds at you. And I was literally told at that point that I was lucky to be alive. I shouldn't be alive, which is probably the third or fourth time in my life I've been told that. Um, and that I ought to be like Christopher Reeves in, in a wheelchair without the breathing tube. And um, I, I use humor a lot to get through these kind of situations, and not just really for me, but to make other people comfortable. And I looked at my, my, the guy that was going to do my surgery, and I said, um, what do you mean I ought to be in a wheelchair? What do you mean this is, you don't understand why I'm walking? I'm walking because I'm walking. You know, to me, it just didn't make any sense. I'm walking because I'm walking. Um, don't tell me what should be or, or how it's supposed to look from your textbook learnings. This is, this is a real-life person in front of you. And he told me also that I would have 20% movement of my neck the rest of my life, and I'd be on medication forever. There would be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, just, I, I heard it. I believed it. I trusted it. And um, after the surgery, I used it, and, and I did. I got addicted, and I was really angry about, about the addiction. Because like you said, these are things that happened to me or for me to learn whatever I was supposed to learn, which I now know, but in no way, shape or form did I think that I would ever be a quote unquote addict to pain meds. And when I told my doctor, I said, I wanted to get off of these. I literally am not feeling anything anymore. Um, he said, no problem, you know, it'll be really easy, we'll, we'll wean you off. I was on seven different kinds of medications, from anxiety meds to muscle relaxers. He then prescribed a fentanyl patch and told me to start weaning off of the pills, which I did. And, and that, is, um, that is a really, really difficult thing to do because if nobody explains to you that after so many weeks, your body and your mind have two different agendas, you have absolutely no idea how to handle this. And when you start going through withdrawals like I did, and I literally heard circus animals and dogs barking and things that weren't there, there hallucinating um, and losing all functionality of my body and control of my body um, because I was on so many you know, pain meds, but to give me something that was so much stronger to get me off the, those that were not, I was livid. I really was livid, and I got to a point where I grabbed everything, I put it in a Ziploc bag, called on my mother again, sent the kids to my brother's house, and I told her, hold on, we're going to, let's just do this. I mean, you know, an, another way of mindset, you know, playing a part and not realizing at the time, realizing it now, but looking back, you know, the strength to just say, I, I'm not living this way, I don't care what they said, the rest of my life, are you kidding me? I'd be a zombie if I'd even still be alive, if I was taking all that stuff still today, you know, and, and people, people, it's very uncomfortable for, for us to go through any kind of withdrawal, whether it be nicotine, sex, drugs, money, you know, you, you, you want whatever it is that you're used to doing. And, and those are all addictions too. But when I, when I made the decision that I was no longer going to, to be on these meds and that I had to start living, um, I cut them off and I did seize out twice and they did revive me again. Um, and, and I kicked it. I mean, it, it was really, it was a seven day process and I just, I just made the decision and did it. I don't recommend everyone or anyone who's listening that may be going through something similar, no matter how many um, meds you're on or pain meds, muscle relaxers, whatever it is. I don't always, I don't recommend to go cold turkey, but for me, I'm kind of feast or famine. 
And that's what worked for me. It was dangerous, and they did have to revive me. I did seize out twice. I bit through my tongue. Lots of things, strange things happened. But to wake up clear-headed um, was a gift, an absolute gift. And I knew that I had licked it at that point, and I would never go back. And, you know, and nowadays, if, if something were to happen and I need something, I could take it. it you know, it's, it's not like... Um, Again, it's not something I crave or something I chose to do. It's just sort of something that happened to me. And when you're when you're in that position, a lot of people do think that that you chose you chose to swallow that. You chose to take them. Well, I did what I did also what I was what I was told and what I trusted. Right. And don't you think it's also though it's like the uh, the frog in the slow boiling water. You, mm. you, it's over time. Right. And it's no different than over time you're addicted to uh, a medication or a drug or over time you wind up in a really abusive, bad relationship. Right. It's over time you wind up in a place before you realize that you're in the thick of it and saying, oh, my gosh, you know, now what? So out of all of this nightmare, the part of this story that really was like, you've got to be kidding me for me is uh, tell me what happened with your husband at the time. In a sentence, in a it, sentence, that when I read that, that's where I said, okay, I have to talk to you. This is right. ridiculous. It, it was like an episode of Friends. Yep. And, and in a sentence, what happened is three weeks after my surgery, I got a text message saying, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah, that's the husband that you were uh, dune buggy riding with, right? That was my dune bug rider. Yeah. 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 It's cool. I bet you didn't sign up for any of this either. So, uh, right. It's, it's always, am it's amazing how people show up and again, how we choose to respond or react to these things. That is what is our choice, right? He had his choice, right? Hey, this is too much and I'm not doing it. I don't have the strength of character to see you through this or to help you through this. And quite frankly, from my perspective, good thing you found that out when you did and didn't drag that guy around for another 10 or 20 years. Right. Oh, you better believe it. You better believe it. And, you know, and the irony of the whole situation is he was a motorcycle cop. He had broke his back um, two years prior, and I had helped him and nursed him and brought him back to a healthy state. And then it happens to me, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute, you know. Um, and, and all I can say again, as I say throughout my chapter, what is the lesson and what am I grateful for? The lesson is you are so incredibly weak, and I am so grateful that I, you're right, I did not have to drag that around with me. Yeah, absolutely. bigger things happened. And right. when, and when you, know, you really need someone to show up and, and this isn't what they signed up for, then you know, thanks for letting me know yeah, now. Yeah, better, better to know that now than later. So let's fast forward to the later, and then this is the last part of the story I'm going to ask you about because I, I, we could keep going on for quite a long time um, because then I want to really do a dive into how you wound up with a mindset you did. But now you're getting ready to go on a road trip. You leave some door unlocked. And um, tell me this, how much after you're off the pain meds to this episode now that I'm talking about where you're getting ready to leave, you take a little nap before uh, having to drive for seven hours. And, and then what happens? First of all, what is the time frame in there? And then briefly tell me what happened to you while you were napping before you took off on this little road trip? Okay, so the time frame um, of, of the incident you're referring to is literally a year ago last month um, that that happened. And from the point of the quad accident to when this happened is um, uh, eight, almost 10 years, almost, yeah, actually 10 years, 10 years. And um, prior to, to the situation you're referring to, I was in a rental car and um, the tire blew 
and I crashed into a lake and it thrusted me about a hundred feet oh, into that's a right. frozen lake in Oregon, right? Yep. Yep. So this is important because when I was born, I was told that I was drowning in my mother's blood. So, you know, those words, keeping those words in mind, drowning in blood. And um, I had crashed into the lake. I was 100 feet into this frozen lake in a rental car and facing the road that I was on. And I literally didn't think I was getting out. I, I went to reach for my phone and my purse. I was going to call my kids, call my mother. There was really no way for me to get out. It was a push-button start car. The windows wouldn't roll down. At the bottom of the lake was blue algae, and they grew algae at that lake. And so two days prior, two people actually fell to their death in the same situation because once that, that car sinks, you're in sinking sand. So everything we've learned from 2020 Dateline, whatever, everyone telling us, if you, if you get into water, let it level out, let the pressure level out. You can open the door and get out. Well, in this case, that's not, that wouldn't have been true. It was like, it literally is like seeking sand surrounding you. So ironically, um, the Saturday after that accident happened, um, a really good friend of mine picked me up to take me out to get some groceries and get out of the house, return my phone, what have you. And there was this person with her. I've never, never had met him before. This was the one and only time that I met him. And it's a, a friend of, um, of some people that she knew, their brother, and was staying at her house for a couple of days. So I met this person one time. He knew where I lived. And um, you're right, about six months after the accident in the lake, um, I was supposed to head to California for a meeting. And um, after the accident, I'd had, you know, um, a couple of medical issues going on. And I was feeling just a little bit tired. I was on the phone, kind of laying on my bed. You know how you do, and and you start to relax and you start to get tired. And I thought, okay, well, I should, I, I need to take a nap because I'm about to go on a seven-hour drive. And uh, I, I set my alarm on my phone, which I never heard go off. I never heard the alarm go off. And I, I distinctly recall pulling into my garage, which the door to the garage, the outside door into the garage where you park your car locks. The door from the garage into the house does not at the time. It, it didn't lock. So I had left that garage door unlocked, the one that goes into the garage, and I, and I saw it when I pulled in. I recognized it. I saw it. I went, oh, my God, I left the door. I mean, literally acknowledging I left the door unlocked. And I thought, no big deal. Every time I leave, I do a triple check around my house. I make sure all the doors locked, you know, lights are on, timers are set, everything's done. And I didn't really think anything about it. And then I fell asleep and um, didn't wake up. And then when I woke up, there was this man standing in my, in my room and the fight or flight kind of kicked in and I charged after him. And he's a, he was a culinary student, um, an ex-Navy still. He had several warrants out for his arrest. I've come to know all this later, not at the time, obviously. Um, but it was the same person I met the Saturday after the accident. And that was the one and only time I'd ever met him until he showed up into my house. And, he, and I charged at him and he stabbed me in the chest. Isn't that crazy? I mean, at some point you step back. I mean, in that moment and maybe in every one of them, but at that point, when I read that part of your story, that's where I said, okay, I'm a pretty positive person as well. And I also <laughs> leave my life of what am I here to gain? What am I here to learn? How is this happening for me? I think in that moment, I would have truly looked up to the sky and said, 
You've got to be kidding. Is there nobody else that you can go toy with other than me and my life to constantly send the never ending barrage of how long am I going to keep up the fight? How long am I going to keep this going? Like to me, it just feels like at what point are you convinced I'm a fighter? I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. Why am I continually being tested? Like I I think in that point, I, I truly would say seriously, like really now? This, you know now this is happening? Yes, right. And, because and how I, many people, roll <laughs> down dunes, you know what I'm saying? Had a husband say, I'm not doing this. Thanks for everything. See ya. And I was there as part of that whole extravaganza. Under the water in a lake. And now some guy comes in and knifes you. I, I mean, singularly, that doesn't happen. But now compounding all of that within 10 years to somebody. I mean, it really is. It's like, it's unbelievable. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, it's almost to the point of ridiculousness. And, and what's funny about all that, what you just said, is how I felt about the lake. So when I saw the hood of that car sink, I flipped out. Michelle, I, I flipped out. I'm like, oh, my God, I just died. I just died. I just died in that car. And I'm thinking that the people can't see me like, a, you know, like the movie Ghost. You know, right. I'm standing there and they can't see me. And, and, they were, and the people were just amazing. The people that show up for you in these types of situations are beyond superheroes. Those are the people that, that I love. Those are the, those are the ones I look to because that's who I want to be. I, I want to be able to share what I've done and help these folks. But when I, when, the, when the, when the car went under, I thought that was it, girl. I thought that was it. I'm like, okay, now how do I learn from this? And it took me, you know, it took a couple of days. It took a couple of weeks. And I said to myself, okay, what just died in that car was not me. I didn't die in that car because here I am. I can feel myself. I can see myself. Other people can see me. What died in there is that which no longer serves me in my life anymore. My past just died in that car. That's exactly what I told myself. And that was the lesson that I learned. Okay. So my past just died in that car and everything, everything that, you know, the, not what I signed up for text and the quad and the, you know, I wish you were never born um, comments and the, the alcoholic father and all that crap went down in that lake. And then here I'm faced with yet another situation and, um, and it wasn't, and it was more than just a stabbing. I mean, it was torture. I was literally tortured and taunted and spoken to in ways that, that would creep anybody out. Um, my liver shut down, my kidneys shut down, my pancreas shut down. Um, he left me for dead and thought that I was dead. He literally thought that I was dead. Um, and, and, um, neighbors heard me screaming, neighbors heard things going on and did literally nothing about it. They didn't do anything about it that I found out later. I found that all that stuff out later. Um, when I got out of the hospital 700 stitches later, um, the first thing I did was go back to, to that house. I forced my friend to take me back to that house. And it's weird. Um, <clears throat> the mindset that I had and that I had learned over um, probably the last four years prior to these two major things happening in my life were that we do have choices and and if I would have said, looked up and said, you got to be kidding me, then I knew you got to be kidding me was going to show up again. So I didn't say you got to be kidding me. I, I made her take me back. I looked at the, the Manson murder mystery looking area that I was in, all the things that I didn't even know that I didn't remember um, had happened that evening. I looked at my friend Bonnie and we didn't say a word, just tears sort of rolled down our faces. And I knew that was it. I knew I had come full circle. So the drowning in your blood, not drowning in the lake, 
and not letting this guy take me out, I had come full circle and I said, that's enough. That is seriously a damn enough. I had put myself in this 2% funny little statistic. Uh, if it's going to happen to someone, it's going to happen to me. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. I'm your gal. I'm your, t- I'm your statistic. Look at me. If it, if it, blah, 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 blah. No, no more. I, I literally looked at her and I said, that's it. This is it. I'm done. I'm done. If there is something that's going to happen, it better be bad because. Right. And put me on stage and let me share it because now, right. now game on. Right. Now you see when I said in the beginning, if you think that uh, a little audio issue is going to affect Kelly in any way, trust you, me. Uh-uh. No, no, I, no, I don't even know. There's, yeah, there's there's just no way. And and that's the thing. So sidebar, tell me that this guy uh, is got caught and is dealt oh, yeah. with. Yeah, he is. He's put away. He actually um, harmed two other people. One did not make it um, that same weekend. I'm there was sorry. a warrant out for his arrest uh, in Portland, Oregon. Um, he was running from that, uh, you know, and, and here's the deal. Here's, here's the part that, that I have to say, because I had been in some very dark moments in my life in my own life. And by dark, I mean, as low as you can get, you know, um, suicidal moments, very low. And, um, it happened one time that, that mindset happened one time and it was years and years and years ago. And somewhere in my head, um, or my lack of self-observation, we'll say, um, I kind of thought, okay, I'm being punished. You know, I get, you get what you deserve. And it was at that moment that I said, you know what, that's, that's a, that's a load too, because I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. Everything that has happened to me and everything that has happened for me, I know I signed up for. I know my kids signed up to have this mother. I know, um, you know, my mom signed up to have this daughter. My brother signed up to have this sister, as I did with all of them. And and it, I just decided right then and there that, that this was no longer going to be, I was no longer going to be a statistic. I was done with that. Um, you know, and what actually what hit me um, the, the hardest was about two months after this incident, I was driving to Los Angeles and I was going for a meeting and it was when the mudslides had occurred and there were people that were five, 10 feet under mud and we were stuck um, right before the grapevine and all these cars around me and I see all these people who are really, really angry and they're honking and they're trying to find their way around the mudslides and I'm sitting there literally going, now I'm looking up and I'm going, thank you. Thank you for the awareness. Thank you for the fact that I took a 20 minute detour because had I have not, I would have been under those mudslides. Thank you for the guidance. Thank you for the intuition. Thank you for loving myself enough to not be under that mud because I would have been. So now I see a situation that's occurred, very catastrophic for other people. And I'm not I'm not directly affected, but I am nonetheless affected. I had to go get a room. I had to go find a place to stay. I had to reorganize my meetings. What are, all that is just, you know, little stuff. That's just things that you have no control over. You've got to make, you know, make it happen. So when I, that was the first situation that really told me when I made that declaration that day in, in my house, when I saw everything that, 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 my, my mind, you know, and I would snap my fingers, but I know that I can't be animated here and move. 
um, <laughs> that that's when my mind agreed with the rest of the universe that yes, didn't drown, didn't, didn't die from the blood, didn't drown in blood, didn't, none of that's, you know, I came completely full circle and I began to respect those things around me. And I began to self-observe and look back at things that had happened around me, but not necessarily to me. Right. Right. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to wrap this up in the advice you have for people. But before we do, um, I ask this of everybody. So if anybody's listening and they want to work with you, they are either going through their own trauma, going through their own feeling like a victim of their life, and they can hear yours and think, holy cow, she's not playing the role of the victim. So I need to turn my mindset around, whatever it may be. If somebody wants to get a hold of you to find out a way to work with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Go to my website, which is kellylucatelli.com. And you can email me, you can call me, um, you can find me on social media and, and definitely reach out because those are the folks that I want to work with. And, and victims, you know, wave their flag in, in all sorts of ways. You know, you can blame, you can blame what, I can blame whatever on the husband. It's still, it's still me that has to, you know, put that flag away and, and not let past experiences dictate future successes. So if someone is stuck in, in a relationship, um, in a job they don't like, you know, uh, whatever it may be, uh, let's talk. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk with them. And that's exactly what I want to be doing. I want to be sharing their stories with mine and showing them a way that there's, that you, you can learn from it and, and know that where you are at right now is exactly where you're supposed to be. And if, and if this resonates with you, it's supposed to resonate with you. Exactly. To definitely reach out and, and I'd be happy to coach and, and mentor anybody through a situation. Perfect. And all of her contact information will be on show notes. So you can uh, jump on there and just click on the link and, and get a hold of Kelly that way as well. So, so now to summarize this, and if anybody is listening, and, and it's, I mean, it really, truly, your story is, uh, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, it, it's just, there's other way around it. It's just unbelievable, the series of events, you know, the series of unfortunate events. Uh, you know, if that wasn't a movie title already taken, I would assign right. that to, you know, to <laughs> yours. Yet, yet, assigning meaning that is so profound and so positive that literally, I would be hard pressed for someone to try to trump your story um, and, and play that role of the victim and hang on to negativity to say, and this is why my life is limited, because you're a shining example of how it doesn't have to be that way. It is your choice. Thank you. Thank you. It is. It is. We all have choices. We all have choices. And that's, that's something else, Michelle, that I've learned is that choosing to not choose is also making a choice. So right. if you want to curl up with the bonbons and you want to watch reruns of Oprah or whatever it is that you do, um, that's making a choice. You can, you can ignore it um, or you can do the ugly part of it, which is take it, uh, uh, you know, assess it, learn from it, and then apply it. Learning is one thing and, and taking, taking that lesson with you is another thing, but taking action towards it, that's the hard part. I mean, you can learn from it and you can say, okay, yeah, I get it. But to do something about it and go out and help other people with it, that's, that's where people, you know, tend to go, well, maybe next time. Right. Or when I'm, you know, when, when, I, when I'm 10 pounds, you know, lighter or when I get my roots done or when I'm in a better relationship or when, or when, or when, or there's always going to be something that can or win you or say maybe next time. 
always can be there can always be something in the way it's up it's up to us to say you know um the creditors are calling it it is my fault because I didn't pay my bills the relationship that I'm not happy in it is my fault because I'm not happy and I need to let that person know you know you've really got to take that and take action decide take action and then stay committed to that process so if someone's listening right now and they can identify with any one or aspect of your life and see themselves in it and they're thinking okay I've got to start somewhere um, and I want to start today single best piece of advice for that person is what? Do it. Get up and do it. Um, make it. You have to make a decision. And if they say, if someone is saying right now, I want to change my life, get up and make a change. If you're in an abusive relationship, grab your stuff and get out. Go find someone who's been through it. Go find an expert. Go find someone who can help you and get to a place where you can make that change where if you're willing to do it, you've got to decide and you've got to go do it. You can't sit on your couch. Like, like I hear a lot of law of attraction, right? Sitting on your couch and manifesting, you know, good vibes are all around me and good things are going to change. And, and this is going to happen. He's going to stop hitting me and I'm going to stop popping pills. And I'm going to, you, you can say it all day long. My advice is get up and go do it. Excellent. Final question. And trust me, I could talk to you all day (laughs) for many days in a row, in fact. So out of everything you've been through, and it's a lot more than most, out of all of that, and from every life lesson you've pulled from it, what is the one thing you absolutely believe to be true? Um, The title of my chapter that we signed up for this. I believe that to be true. I do believe that we signed up for it. And I do believe that that when we when we get here, you know, in human form, our energy and our vibe and and that which we put out comes right back for us. So when I called myself a positive addict, um, sloughing it off and saying it's okay, we're gonna get through it, the universe kept slapping me upside the head with something a little tougher, a little tougher and a little tougher until I until I looked at this and went, okay, what is going on? What am I not doing that this keeps happening to me? Right. Right. And, and I'll tell you, I think if everybody embodied, by the way, let me just go on record for saying you're one of the very few people I have ever run across in my life who believes that to be true. So do I. Right. I mean, I tell uh-huh. my daughters all the time, you know, uh, if you want to get snarky with me, here's the deal. You chose me. So, you right. know, <laughs> you may want to get past that and wonder why you made that choice back in the day. But you did. So <laughs> you can thank yourself later for that. So we do we are in complete alignment with that. And what I believe is if if people embrace that, truly embraced it, there would be no more thing of playing the role of the victim. Because you'd realize, okay, if this was by design, if I chose this to begin with, what's the why behind it? And how can I use that? Not just for my benefit, but for the benefit of so many others, right? Because at the end of the day, this is all about contribution. All of this is. That is is the key. How can I use this for others? If you keep it to yourself, you know, um, because you're too afraid of judgment or approval or acceptance, then then, then right there, that's the issue. Right. That's the issue right there. You got to love yourself enough to know other opinions, folks, of uh, other people's opinions are just that. They're their opinions. Love yourself enough to be able to help someone else love themselves too. It really just all comes back to love. 
Kelly, you are an absolute dream. I am honored beyond measure to have shared your story with my audience. Um, keep shining your light. I will do everything in my power to point people to this episode and to say, hey, look, before you ever give up, hang on. There's more to this story. Uh, it's not done. And uh, like I said, honestly, I am truly honored to have you as a guest on my show. Thank you for your passion, your energy, and your wisdom. It means the world to me. Oh, thank you. It means the world to me. And thank you for putting up with my audio stuff that we had at the beginning with Mary and a little lamp. And um, you have so much energy and such charisma and such a presence about you. It was crazy when you contacted me yesterday. I went, I've got, you know, I got to rearrange things and make this happen. So we, you're right. We are on the same vibration and in the same energy and the same mindset. And I completely have nothing but gratitude for you with that. Thank you. Thank you, love. Go out there and shake up the world. Let's do it. (laughs) thanks for listening in on this episode of the game changers podcast the next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests thanks again and we'll talk to you next time